Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Welcome to the after party. It's time to change. You're just getting started. You can teach an old dog new ways and not just on Saturday. Hey y'all, Anna David here with the After Party Pod, a weekly podcast about addiction recovery and all things that fall in between, and sometimes that's mental illness. Today, it's addiction and recovery. Uh, God, it's a good episode. I know I say that every time. It's possible I would never start an episode saying, God, this is a bad episode. It is true that I have recorded episodes that I have never aired because I didn't think they were good. So that's how you know I'm telling the truth. But this one, unlike any other, uh, my guest today is Natasha Vargas Cooper. She is a reporter who has written for absolutely everywhere. And she just has a fabulous new job. We didn't even get into the job, which is interesting. But she's real young and she's uh, written for, uh, I mean, uh, every publication you can Google her. I mean, seriously. But among them, the New York Times, BuzzFeed, uh, the All, everywhere, okay? All the hip places. And uh, she's, I met her because um, I just started teaching a class, an online class in essay writing. Why are you guys not in it? Possibly because I didn't really promote it much because I wasn't sure how I felt about doing it. Now that I'm doing it, I enjoy it. Anyway, uh, I had to learn how to do this because I haven't taught in a long time, and so I went to a class that Natasha was teaching in essay writing. And we'd been we'd been kind of circling each other for years, mutual friends. Years ago, I actually emailed her to do a story. It, it never ended up happening, but anyway, she is amazing. She is just this little fireball and super fun to talk to. And I think the reason this episode is so good is I think she and I are very similar in this way we have of just sort of, you know, it's like the mouth opens and words tumble out and possibly, uh, you know, we're just sort of both open. I don't want to say wounds. I don't want to say books because that's a cliche, but I definitely talked myself about things that I have never talked about and kind of had thought maybe... I didn't know, you know, just, just, it, it was good. It's good. But lots of exclusives in this episode and lots, and she talked about stuff that she had not talked about. Um, so yes, we talk about addiction and recovery, but we get into all sorts of other things, most specifically dating, love addiction, medication, and friendships that go awry so that's a pretty good summary and it's longer than usual but it's worth every second so with that i give you natasha vargas cooper i first started taking drugs by chewing blocks of hash oh my god i think my copy has like blood stains on it from shooting up while reading it 
party animal. I hate to say that because that makes me sound Paris Hilton. I was on the, as right. I call it, the Autobahn to nowhere. I'm very lucky because would you have wanted to have a celebrity junkie for a dad? This thing, and here we are. We're super cash around here. No problem. Yeah. Like, I don't even like do an intro. <laughs> it's like listening in. Hey. Super fly on the wall shit. <laughs> right. So, um, we just met, and I like loved you at first sight. Yes. But had been hearing about you for years and years and years, and we had communicated back when I was at The Fix, and we talked about you doing this story, and the fix was chaos. Thank mm-hmm. God you never got involved. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think I first started hearing about you through our mutual friend Richard. That's right. Yeah. And and then I heard you on Julie Klausner's podcast. <laughs> yes. And by the way, I, it stuck in my head. You know how weird things will stick in your head? Yeah. That you guys were talking about the bar method, which at that point I had just started doing and was obsessed with. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> well, I don't go there anymore, but I do go to Pop Physique, which is just as hellish. Oh, I mean, I just, like, threw up that one time. I can never go back. Like, there's just... Because it was so, so impossible. It's impossible. Well, it's impossible, and also, like, I don't know how to work out because I do it so rarely. So I just, like, fucking ate a bunch of shit yeah, right before yeah, and then yeah. just threw up. I just threw up within like, less than five minutes because my body was like, this is it. This is not happening. Well, like, a workout that, like, quote-unquote begins when your legs start shaking uncontrollably. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe too hard for yeah. human beings. That's right. Um, That's right. But, okay. And so, and so, yeah, you, and I had no idea you were sober. Yeah. So then I go and aud- basically audit your class. I go to, like, listen at your, you know, personal essay class. Right. And I notice that you only pick uh, articles for them to read that are about addiction. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that's on accident. I didn't even, I, I like reading those. Right. Yeah. And so I just thought, oh, that's interesting. We're sort of interested in the same thing. Yeah. And then afterward, when we started talking, I was shocked to hear you were sober. Yeah. No, I kind of have to be. Okay, tell me why. Oh, well, at first, it was because a judge mandated it. Oh, that's your DUI. <laughs> My DUI. Right. Yeah, I read about how expensive that was. It was expensive. Um, and But, you know, what's funny is that after I got the DUI, um, that was actually the period where I was drinking the most. Right. I was like, Makes what sense. do I have to lose? Um, right. And, like, I didn't, like, put it together. Like, I didn't, um, I thought it was a coincidence that, like, um, I was driving and like fast at night to go see a dude who sucked. Right. Uh, and I happened to be drinking and then I right. happened to be in jail. Like, that's so weird that all those things happened in one night uh, where it was like, oh, the drinking may have influenced my decision making, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I got, um, I had to spend a night in jail and that was rough. Um, okay, so yeah. had you driven drunk like me like several thousand times yeah I will say that like never I will say this I am uh, a, a petite lady adorable as, lady looking right at you yeah. um and um so it's never like I honestly like the drunk getting like wasted is three drinks right for me right, right? so what that means is one drink it makes me buzz right and that means that I had a fake ID when I was 16 so yeah. of course I have driven right all over this Fair country. Yeah, just a little buzzed, right? right. Um, this night was, I had a, um, yeah, so I had, without, yeah. without yeah. thinking, without problem. Like, yeah. it's not, it's not automatic. Um, and, uh, but never, like, 
w- never woozy, never blackout, right. never whatever. And uh, but this time it was definitely a little bit more than buzzed. Right. Um, and that was because I was on my way to see someone who is a monster, mm-hmm. and um, kept putting me off, and right. kept getting the text of like, uh, "Let's meet at midnight." Uh, let's meet at right. one. And I was why just, do they get appealing those types? Oh my god, they get so you know it's uh, it gets so it gets dark. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Right. I don't know why. That that's one. That's like that's the baffling cunning and power. That's the other. I mean, seriously. Right. It's I'm like I don't even know. I can't. You're wearing a wedding ring now. This is like a placement holder for my boyf. Okay. Yeah. This is like a. It's like an engagement ring. I don't want to call it a promise it's, ring, but right. that's basically what it is. Right. Like right. it's like we're, we're here's a piece of jewelry that right. that indicates that you're taken. Yeah. That like please stay away. Like Beyonce would say, he put a ring. On he put a ring on it. Yeah. 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 Um. So anyway, so like. I was um, on my way to see him. And Not had, him, obviously. Yeah, no, the lizard creature. Yeah. Um, and he uh, kept putting me off, and so I was out with some friends. Always paranoid. Always paranoid. Check the light. Being a reporter, don't you constantly get paranoid about this? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Like, I I have two backup. Like, it's I know. Day. I know. Um, okay, keep going. So, anyways, um, uh, because my anxiety level was going up, I had like two full glasses very quickly at the bar, mm-hmm. and then of, I of, of I just white wine, mm-hmm. um, just just white wine, yeah, um, sophisticated, right? <laughs> and then uh, and then I was like, I think I got another text like as the bar was closing, it's like it's gonna be three, oh my a.m. Yeah, and okay. I was just like, and of course, like. Because I am at the lowest point of my emotional life. I didn't go, hey, you know what? Fuck this guy. Yeah. I'm like, well, I guess I better drive down the freeway and kill some time. That's what you decide to do to yeah. kill time between midnight and three? Oh, well, this was now like 1.45. Okay. Yeah. And so I was going to, he lived by the beach. Um, so I was on the town. I was like, I'm just going to drive to the beach and like clear my head. Right. And then I was driving in my car and then it happens really fast. You know, yeah. Uh, like they come up behind you, yeah. And then, like in one motion after the like breathalyzer, like the other. Yeah. So, anyways, so that was a horrible night, and I was there with a bunch of uh, hookers um, who, when I told them what I was doing there, like gave me this look, like why? Are, like we we are here for like a, somewhat of a reason that right. is out of our control, right? Like yeah, yeah. So saying they judged you. Yeah. Oh no. Like they no they did. Like right. Um. You know they were like because at one point you have to go from one kind of holding area to the other and they have to do it one by one so they shackle you to a wall and I was mm-hmm. like what the fuck am I doing here right so, so shackled to a wall with uh-huh. a bunch of hookers yeah and they were like ah like. This is just like a, a rigmarole for them. This right. is like a regular. A, this is like a, a, a annoyance, right? And uh, and I was like, oh, this isn't this kicking. Maybe I'll write about it one day. Right. And then and you did. And I did. And then one time we started and we started talking about why I was there. And I was like, well, it's guy. Da da da. And they were like, mm, girl. And I was like, oh shit. Right. Like, and they're like, you know, we do that shit for money. Like, right. you're doing it for free, and you're right. in jail. You right. know. And I was just like. <laughs> Yeah, and the other thing was, like, one of the hookers was like, oh, you know, like, this this looks a lot like this group home that I grew up in, and I was like, right, 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 like, right, like, you were here because you were in a group home. Like, I don't belong here. Right, you were in a two-degree destined right. to end up here. I completely engineered this. Right, right. And so that's when it stopped being, like, kicky and cute, and I started shaking, and then having to pee in front of 26 people. 
But you know what's interesting is that if that if that I say that now for the sake of podcast brevity, but that took like months to settle in. Right. You know, because right, right. after I got out of jail and I got my license taken away, it was like wow, and I had to write a book in 60 days. Um, it's because you put off the deadline? No, because I got, I signed my book deal the night of, then I signed my book deal, went out, got ways to go. Oh my God. Yeah. Because I'm invincible. Right. Right. And plus you were quote unquote celebrating. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I have magical powers. Right. Uh, you know, right, right. so, um, so yeah, so I had to turn in like my first draft. So I did that. Well, at least you couldn't be distracted by having to go anywhere. Exactly. So the only place I could go was to AA meetings, which were mandated. Right. So that is when it started to happen. Okay. It's because okay. I got sent. And you didn't know that you can have a friend sign a court card. That's the great thing. Oh God, I would never. I would never. No, I mean, I gotta say, like, I will say that jail is a pretty effective deterrent for like a middle class girl who in general does not like brushes with the laws right so I was like yeah no you can have anybody sign the court card but I was like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna risk this yeah 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 because daddy was pretty pissed yeah and your dad is a big well known reporter right and I called him oh that was your one call yeah actually what's weird is in the Van Nuys holding cell uh there's just a phone and you can call as many people as you want in the 818 area code so I actually, yeah, and actually that night I called like the four numbers that I knew from my friends and just like left voicemails. I was like, I'm calling you from jail. Bye. Because whatever. Um, and then I called my dad and my dad answered and it's like, call ID and he's like, Van Nuys Jail. Uh-oh. And I was like, uh-huh. And he's like, DUI. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, how could you? And I was like, I can't tell. Um, but then he came and he bailed me out. But yeah, so it was just like, you know, daddy wasn't going to be okay with that. Right. So right. no, I went. I and went. you're a good girl. Essentially, Essentially a pretty good girl. girl. Yeah. yeah. Rule follower. Uh, I will break the rules with people that I think the rules are arbitrary with. Right, right, right. But the fact was, was that like, the cops were very decent to me. And they were like, look, I was like, look, I'm not that, whatever, can I just go home? They're like, right, but it's something, if you were to get into an accident, right. and we sent you home, like, your blood is on our hands. Right, right, and right. I was like, I don't know. That just made sense, yeah, right? And yeah. I was like, Yeah, you're right. Or they're like, Or if you hurt someone else, you know, we wouldn't be doing our job. And I was right, like, right. They're like, and you really just shouldn't be doing this. And I was like, Oh, you're right. right. So I did feel like, Yeah, no, what the fuck is up, right? right? Like maybe this isn't okay. And then I went into my first AA meeting, and within 30 seconds, I was like, Oh yeah, this is totally the deal. Oh really? Had you ever been to a meeting before that? No. And so, and so you walk in, and you are open and willing because you're bummed out. I'm bummed out. Yeah. I walk in January 1st, 6 a.m., 2010. Okay. Okay. And uh, because that's when it had to start. Business is really good in program that day. <laughs> it's the best. It really is. It, that's when it's happening. so crowded. Yeah. And I because of my... Because I had to finish this draft in 60 days, and because I was out of my mind during this time, I would um, go to bed. I would uh, wake up at 5 in the afternoon, eat dinner, eat a sushi dinner, mm-hmm. start work at about 8.30 or 9, mm-hmm. right, go to a hotel, sit in their lobby, take their Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. or pay for their Wi-Fi, and then um, work until about 5 or 6 a.m. Okay. And then eat breakfast and then go to sleep. Why? 
Um, I was so like at my raw. I mean, looking back now, I was like, this is the best way for me to get work done. Like, I'm not distracted. Right. But I think I was just like, um, everything hurt. And so it was just like being up during the day, interacting with people. I also had a horrible relationship with my editor. So it was like, I didn't want to receive emails in the middle of the day because they bummed me out. And I was just out of my fucking mind. And were you, did you have trouble, I remember having a lot of trouble sleeping in early sobriety. Oh, I was, I had an Ambien prescription. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, because I was getting off of Ambien when I got sober, and that's why I didn't sleep. Oh, I don't, yeah. No, no, no. Getting off of that was so I don't know how you did that. Well, you got off of it, too. I mean, I... am taking a lot. No. I mean, well, yeah, but it's, it's, it all, I never had to make a huge effort to get off of it. Right, right. Right? Like, it wasn't like, I need to get off this now. It was like, there was periods of... Heavy ambient use and then periods of not. That, that's ju- it's just the most. I mean, I'm going to say anecdotally, yeah. it's the most addictive thing on earth. Oh. I want to say it's more addictive than cigarettes, just because. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's your entire. I mean it's your sleep. Yeah, so it's amazing that you could do that. That you could be a periodic with ambient. Uh, well, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I could be better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So, how did you get off ambient? Well, that's when I got... So, when I got sober, I went to rehab, and I was like, so listen, coke problem. Right. That's what I was. And they were like, oh, you're an alcoholic. And I said, well, no, no, no. I'd heard that they were going to do this trip to me. And I said, no, no, I get that. I'm not that. Right. I snort cocaine. I just do cocaine. I don't even like drinking and yeah, they yeah. didn't. I was. I didn't impress them with this fact. <laughs> and and then I said. I mentioned in passing. Oh, you know, I, I have, I'm an insomniac, so I take Ambien too. Yeah. And they say how much? How much were you saying? So much. Oh really? Oh, I will say like in my Ambien period, it's. I was like five milligrams of sleep. Oh well, that's that's also yeah, like, why. Was, yeah. Like you were actually taking it as prescribed. Oh yeah. No, I was taking it prescribed at night. Like to yeah, sleep. and I was yeah. only taking it at night to sleep as well. Oh, but by the way, not that I'm a saint. Like I, but like I would take it at night, and then sometimes I would drink, and then sometimes that I was would a, drive. That was a crazy drunk. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, but not accidental. I mean, it was always accidental. It was like I'm going oh. to bed, and then someone will call, and, and I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no, no. So it's not like I was always like a. Yeah, I had a weird when I remember the first time I did that. I ended up literally like kind of in-person stalking Ben Stiller at Chateau Marmont. It was, we're talking early 90s. And a friend, I took my Ambien. And by the way, so I was taking 10 pills a night and they were yeah, supposed to cut up in quarters. Wait a minute. So that's how many milligrams? I don't remember the milli- the, the milligrams. Right. But it was, you know, in order to get it, I constantly had to call my doctor and say that I could travel. I was literally never leaving, you know. Right. <laughs> I would go to the Chateau I gone on a trip and lost the bottle. Um, so wait. So now, it, is your insomnia the type where you can't stay asleep? And so that was the kind of rationale oh. by t- Oh, you can't go to sleep. And then even if you do fall asleep, you can't stay asleep. Yeah. So the rationale behind yeah. taking numerous Ambien. Oh yeah, was I? I totally needed it. And the, and the, I mean, the reason it's so addictive, and the same thing with opiates, yeah. is you know you build up a tolerance. Yeah, and it's you, and it feels amazing. See, I didn't think it. Uh, opiates felt amazing. Yeah, but I didn't think Ambien felt again. I was so just. I need this to sleep. So were you doing blow and Ambien? Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I don't even know. That's amazing. Well, but the thing is, I needed Ambien way before I needed blow. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. and so it was just a great solution. Yeah, to, uh, like a couple days of doing coke and needing to sleep. So of course, of course. I would take more. Um, it turns out, and so you know, towards my end, I would uh, you know hope that I I don't know if yours ever got this bad, 
without serious drug use, it, it sometimes doesn't, but I would just hope to not wake up. I would just go. Uh, did you ever have that? Oh, I mean, like, I have that today. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Right. I would say that the most kind of emotionally difficult part of my day every single wake day. Wake up? Is not Yeah, it's not just wake up, but it's the, like, why should I get out of bed? And, like, I do, and then it wears off, and it's fine. Right, right, right. But I just, yeah, that is the perpetual condition. And I'm not even depressed, but I'm just, like, right. Tell me what to do. Like, I don't want to do... How about this? I don't want to be... I don't want to feel... Look, here's the deal. I feel a lot of things right. intensely yeah. all day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so when I first wake up, I'm not feeling anything. I'm calm. I'm numb. Right. You know? So I was like... You know? So it becomes like, if I just stay here, right, I'd be I'm not going to feel anything. Wow. Right? That's so interesting. So, yeah. I mean, and you add drinking on top of that, and you add... Um, what else were you doing? You know what? Like, just, I was, so here's what it is. Um, I would drink and take Ambien in a reckless way, Mm -hmm. right? So I would, um, but I will say this. I was not, the problem actually wasn't so much the drinking, and it wasn't so much the Ambien. It was how those two things were the kind of lubricant Mm -hmm. to doing really bad stuff with dudes. Interesting. So it's not even like I was, like, fall down drunk. It wasn't even like I was, like, I mean, I'm an addict, right. no doubt. Right. But it wasn't like I was at some heightened stage of addiction. It was right. literally just like, uh, but I was unbelievably self-destructive right. with dudes, right. and all, and uh, I was kind of that way sober, like when I wasn't doing yeah. stuff, but absolutely when I would drink. And, and so yeah. just like those three in the morning guys, or worse, a three in the morning guys, ex-boyfriends, right? right. Uh, maybe friends who like. You know what I'm saying? You shouldn't have gone. Yeah, I was just like, I didn't even want that. Yeah. But it, I like, I'm, I'm drunk and high yeah. and lonely and anxious right. and terrified. Right. So right. send you a text. So right. yeah, when that next morning came, I wanted, I wanted to take anything to yeah. like, you know. But what would typically happen is just stay in bed all day. <laughs> See, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. Oh, it's great. See, well, that's why you could take, you know, small doses of Ambien and sleep. Because, um, yeah, well, and it's funny because you hear people, um, in sober people say, you know, I wake up and my disease has been doing push-ups all night. Have <laughs> you never heard that one? That's good. Um, it's funny because I don't feel that. Like, because yeah. I, I, I think it's because I don't love sleeping. I'm just like, oh, oh it's over. Oh, Let's no. Go. I mean... So I never did opiates in any serious way. Right. Uh, mostly because they make my uh, skin itch and my ears ring. Like I have a little bit of a um, allergy. An allergy to it. Right. So um, uh, you know, it's the type of thing where it's like, uh, and, you know, I get prescribed a bottle of Vicodin, and like, you know, I would take it like the two days that I had a toothache, and then would like save that shit. Right. 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 But never got like hooked in any serious at all. Just always recreational. But um, like if. I didn't have that allergic reaction. Mm-hmm. And if I came from a different type of family, mm-hmm. and if I came from a different type of whatever, mm-hmm. you bet your life that would be my, my gig. So does that mean there was no alcoholism in your family? Um, I'm sure there were. You, oh, so yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. It's, it, you, the part of the issue is that I have a very small family that's very spread out that we have no relationship with. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my mother's father was an alcoholic mm-hmm. yeah I mean and and even I'm pretty sure that like several of my other aunts we don't talk to and they don't talk because it was bad childhood for for mom and dad yeah well was, my mom is an only child so okay there goes that yeah and her mother was adopted so right okay. that's you know 
And then on my dad's side, we just, yeah, we don't talk, to, we only talk to one of his four, ins- yeah, his, right. of course, you know, it's so funny, no one really asked me this for yeah, whatever yeah, reason, yeah. Uh, because they were never in my life Yeah, actually. I have a similar-ish thing. Yeah, but yeah, they're the most crazy, fucked up, I mean, they're like criminals. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, they're like bad, they're like shitty. So your dad was the success story in the family. Yeah, 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 and, and was never an addict in any, to any drug in any serious way, but like, has an absolute addictive for with work uh well, no with like um uh, gambling a little bit my dad's a gambler yeah so i wouldn't say he's a gambling addict because that's right. a whole other thing yeah but um you know how like uh with autistic kids they have to stim they mm-hmm. do this they like mm-hmm. put their hands up and uh kind of go back and forth yeah there is something about my dad where, like, he's really into hot, like, crafts in an insane way. So, like, he's really into guns right now. Wow. Because he can build them and build, make his own bullets. And so now he has, like, a whole gun room. That's crazy. Right. So he, like, do, does the bullet press all day, so it's a repetitive motion. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they're like, I'm sorry. Of course he was an addict. He's a food addict. He's a compulsive yes. overeater. Oh, I'm yes. sorry. I always forget that that's like actually a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. No, I mean, he nearly had to die because of it. And he had to have an intervention and do the whole thing. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. God. It's so weird. Because when yeah. people say like, oh, I have an addict in my family. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, it's so weird to associate it with food. But yeah, for 20 years, my dad only ate like steak and ice cream. Wow. And gave himself a heart attack. Right. And I watched him get the paddles. Right. And then it was like, wow. It ends now. And did he get recovered? Yes. Recovery from that? He has just started OA recently because it was clear because of me. Because I was yeah. like, hey, how about you do this? But no, like he he got into therapy. He lost 80 pounds. Wow. Started treating himself better. You know, right. got help. Right. Outside of himself. But then, you know, gained some of that back. And now it's like, hey, why don't you try... This program. This program, which he was never resistant to. I just don't think he, it, it occurred to him. Right? Yeah. I don't think it occurs to a lot of guys. Yeah. You know, it's funny because we, it's not funny. We <laughs> just ran, I have a writer, he's brilliant, this guy Patrick O'Neill, mm-hmm. who writes about bulimia and anorexia from a male point of view. Wow. Straight guy. Love and, it. Yeah. And he was saying that in this article, I think I'm posting it this week, that somebody, came, he had an article on the site called Fat Boy and that someone, like some dude he knew at a meeting came up and said, what are you going to write about? Your your period next? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so he writes about that. I yeah. know. Um, but so do you think that's why you became an expert on Tumblr anorexics? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, look, I, so look, I, I don't know about you, but yeah. when I was like 13 yeah. to 16, like I was just living that Lana Del Rey life. You know what I'm saying? Totally. I was sad. I was moody. Yeah. My problems were bigger than everybody else's problems. Yeah. And, like, you know, I did, like, oh, I, what I would say is, like, very non-cry for help cutting. It was just, like, a little. Okay. See, I don't do, I do a picking thing. Oh, I still pick. It's unbelievable. It's. I don't even want to show you. I never talk about it because I have so much shame. I just got these things that you put over your fingers to stop picking. Oh, you should, I should do, I, this is a great idea. Yeah. But I, you know what, though? I don't, I don't even know if they would work for me. So, yeah, I never right. have manicures. Yeah, it's because, too shameful, right? It just, it's it pointless. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, because within two seconds, I'm... Sometimes they make me better. Uh, you know what makes me better? It's acrylics. They didn't make me better. I did it for years, and I just kept doing it. Oh, that's amazing. I pulled over on the freeway to be like, I have to pick it. Wow. See, I can do it at, during anything in the world. Yeah. And I needlepoint in meetings so that I won't do it. Oh, that's really smart. I, um... 
I, I, it's connected to everything with me. It, I mean, it all, all the time. I but, mean, but I've actually just recently found out a ton about it, by the way. Because well, because they treat it at the OCD clinic here in LA, so it is kind of considered a form of OCD. Huh. Which is fascinating. I will say this: like it, it's so I have like a general amount of like anxiety, anxiety yeah. that like just kind of pulses through me, and it just keeps me. I mean, what I assume is that like this is what like I think stimulants are like. Uh, Adderall does for other people yeah. where like it just kind of yeah. focuses yeah. the whatever that is uh, it's just me by my nails picking at picking yeah. picking 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 uh, I mean yeah and I guess to the point of bleeding like, yeah, yeah which I mean to me I was like oh you pick out your hair that's so fucking weird it's but the same thing it's because it's that trick to whatever it's called I can't right. pronounce it but it's literally the same disorder <laughs> picking and pulling your hair out I was you know what this is great this gives me another chance to go to a recovery meeting uh, by the way those yeah but those meetings are like it's like disbanded the meetings about it because there weren't enough people and by the way what I also learned is like what we do is nothing compared to what people can do oh yeah right oh, oh yeah no this is this is yeah. junior varsity yeah yeah um so the reason why I got into the anorexic stuff, yes. uh, the anorexic and the cutters yeah. and all that. Well, one, okay, well, aside, you know, I'm sorry, when we first started talking about it, I was lumping the cutters in with this, but the anorexics yeah. are very different. Yeah. The anorexics, uh, I think it's so kind of taboo. Okay, it's like it's like kind of like the rich kids of Instagram stuff mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, you're not supposed to talk like that, right? right. You're not supposed to do that out loud. Like, right. we all kind of secretly... Right feel that right but I just love okay like let's let let's do the the precursor it's terrible disease yeah people are suffering clear dying dying get help yeah from an aesthetic point of view right it's fascinating where it's just like wow like you have really you've internalized all of it and look at how your trauma is being projected out and look at this clan that you formed and look at all these rules it's just like an it's like it's like discovering um for lack it's like a tribe you know and specifically the girls on tumblr that write about and they had anorexic blogs yeah i mean i was into them like when i was a senior in high school uh and i was on the journalism staff i wrote a piece about them on being on like having their angel fire geosites live journals wow and i was like there's this whole fucking group right and then they resurfaced and i just like how they're like this radical band yeah and i don't know you know it takes everything that is it's just so deeply politically incorrect yeah and it's so um like i don't know it's it's like it's so like mean girl but it's so hurt but it's so vulnerable but i just love how brazen they are yeah like it's just sort of like if you don't agree with us fuck off yeah if you don't agree with like it's my fucking body i want a fucking thigh gap you know and it is also just like it's somewhat of a parody right right and also it just like uh, I didn't have an eating disorder uh, growing up, but like I did do some of the cutting and fuck if I had a tumbler, yeah, forget it, right? Oh my god, right? Oh my, because like that's what it's all about. You're right. just like, look at me, you know. See, but but all those blogs existed when you were in high school, right? Not at the same micro tumbling right. level, right? Right, right. and do it's you like didn't have a blog. I would think you would. I did not have a blog in 1999. Right. Uh, I had a blog by 2000. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. But not 1999. Right. I, but that's not to say that I wasn't on the internet all the time, but I had no idea how to like, then you had to kind of, even though it wasn't that advanced, you had to build a website. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, like blogger, I don't think blogger existed or WordPress was really used on a big way. Yeah. These girls all had 
they had line journal or they had like their angel fire sites. Right, right, right. And then they were part of a web ring. Anytime there's a web ring right. is just fascinating. Right. But also I guess it's like it's it's also I am always interested in how diseases sound mm-hmm. um, and how they how they all kind of share a language and they all share a vocabulary and they all share des- the same similar desires and fantasies, mm-hmm. right? And so, and that's interesting how the disease manifests itself. Food-wise. Food-wise. Yeah. Visual-wise. Right. You know, because right. it's all the same, but it's all, you know, yeah. like if you've ever, so like, you know, for a while when I was trying to, like you said, when you, and I want to hear the rest of it, by the way, um, you say, no, no, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm just, right, right, right. I have a Coke problem. Right. Um, I thought, well, I'm not really an alcoholic. Maybe I'm a sex love. Right. And so I went to SLA and right. I was just like, I don't, in, technically I'm much close. My problem looks a lot more like what your guys's does, but the way that you talk about the yeah. disease yeah. and the way that you interact with the disease is not like me. Well, and actually, the alcoholic framework works the best. Yeah, I mean that's interesting because it's like SLAA and and the food programs. Here yeah, you are talking about this thing that you can't not do. Technically, you could not have sex. Right. Obviously. Right. But these are activities that you have to integrate into your life. Right. And it's a lot. Hard. It's such a personal thing. It's really challenging to come up with these rules right, and that abstinence. you must follow or you're quote unquote failing. Right. So it was interesting when I really committed to AA, uh, the not drinking was not a problem. Right. I took I did a year of celibacy. Yeah. Which was do that. Which was also strangely not a problem. I mean Wow. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't it was kind of an accidental celibacy where right. I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna sleep with anybody until they take me out on five dates. Wow. Which just never happened. Yeah. You know? Uh, Did you make out with anybody? I made out once with a dude when I was in Hawaii mm-hmm. who was British. That <laughs> and that was like, and I was just like involuntary. Yeah, I was like, I have to do this, yeah, right? Yeah. This is my this is my mandate as a woman to right. make out with British guys. Right, right. You know, so but that was it. You know, uh, it, like we, we were at a hostel one night. So right, right, right. Like, oh, let's make out. Yeah. Um, but the reason. So, like, to me, like, alcohol is actually something that is very understandable and manageable to me. Sex, intimacy, yeah. love, cutting, baffling, powerful. But yet you're yeah. in a pre-engaged relationship. That took three years. Of, I don't think that's very long. Yeah, well, I will say that I was pretty fucking dedicated right. to those three what years. What did you do? I did, I was celibate, mm-hmm. and even, and I say I had a full year of celibacy, I had sex Oh, I broke my celibacy with the dude I went to jail for. Oh my god! Right? Because right? Because right? Because right. right. of course. Yeah. So after that year of celibacy, I wanted to like prove. I don't know what the fuck I wanted to prove. Right. It's one of the crazy. That's what put me right back into. I was like, oh no, I can't handle this. Right. 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 So I had a year of celibacy, and then I broke it. But it's not like I continued having. Right. You did it. It's like one drink, and you were like, fuck this. Yeah. I was like, fuck this. This yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. Right. So like. Um, so I, I was doing a lot of meetings. I cut a lot of people out. Mm -hmm. I just, I got you, I started to build a life that did not revolve around anyone else but me to a degree. Right. right? And also like, I like my, I mean, I don't like my work. I hate working. If I could, if I could just be an heiress, I would, but you know, I took my career incredibly seriously and it was just like, you know, I'm feeling everything and I'm going to cope and I'm just going to like. I'm just gonna learn how to be a fucking adult, right? Right, and feel my feelings, right? And, 
and yeah. wonderful every now and then. Yeah, right, right. So, but it was also just like, um, yeah, like if this makes me feel weird, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not. It's hard to know in the dating realm if it makes you feel weird because denial just kicks the fuck in. It's the worst. Yeah. I mean, actually, like the deal is, is that. Because I wasn't going out very often, because I wasn't drinking, because I wasn't mm-hmm. doing anything. I didn't interact with that many guys. I'm sure during that period, if some guy wanted to, like, get involved, I don't know if I would have been strong enough not to have. Right. It's just no one came after me. Right, right, right. So it kind of ended up being de facto. Now I could be like, it's because I wasn't putting out into the universe. Right. Maybe. Maybe. You know? Um, I It's a good coincidence that right. it worked out that way. Right. You know? I mean, there were a couple moments where, like, having a particularly bad night where, like, I emailed an ex. Right. Just, like, I just miss you. Right. And when right. I was like, you know, the next morning I was like, I'm, not, I'm just lonely. Right. So it was very clear, like, I could, I could figure out what emotions were actually driven by what like what the actual motivation was and most of the time it was anxiety right right interesting and fear anxiety terror right fear lack of control right wanting something to control and also like look it, it does feel sad to not have intimacy right sex is whatever right, right? I can get sex right That's the, the lamest part is right. the easiest shit right getting a dude to want to have sex with you yeah if, we, if you and I were to walk out I like I, it was like who could do it fast like two minutes that's what's so funny is I had a previous guest who <laughs> challenged me and said she could walk out of here with the phone number. Yeah. She's bisexual, so it up Oh, well, she, yeah, the staff. Yeah, she did, but she walked out with the guy's phone number. Right, yeah. yeah. So it's like that, which, by the way, is not a lot. Le- that lesson look, took me 28 years to learn. Right. That, and that is actually the big, the big epiphany that happened in the celibacy and in the program and all that stuff was that, like, um, it's not hard to get guys to have sex with you. Right. It is very hard to get them to love you. Yeah. And that those things are not actually the least bit related. Right, right, right. Which I didn't know. Right. And drinking... Confused them even more. Made it even more. Right. So, you know, like, that's why, like, I don't have... I have a strange relationship to drinking into the program, where it's like, to me, it's just a metaphor. (laughs) Right. For, like, you know... I mean, I don't drink, but... I uh, but that's not the hard part. Oh right, it, the hard part is all the emotional right stuff. Right, right. you know. Um, so yeah, so that so that's why I did it. it was also because I just made myself sick by that point. Mm-hmm. I was just like so sick of my behavior and mm-hmm. so sick of like reaching out to these dudes who sucked, who were shitty, who I knew were shitty, mm-hmm. who had rejected me on some level, mm-hmm. and it was just like, oh, why am I engineering this? Right. Like like I said, like. I wake up every morning, like, I already feel bad. You right. know what I'm saying? I already you feel bad. Yourself feel worse. Right. Did you do therapy? Do you do Oh, therapy? yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would not be a functional human being. No, but I, I don't just do therapy. I have a psychiatrist. Oh, me too. I have a psychiatrist who's from, like, the old school uh-huh. who is my also my therapist. So oh, we have hour-long sessions. Yeah, that's expensive. So expensive. <laughs> but, you know, so now I see them only, like, once every four months. I'm yeah. sorry, four weeks. Right, right, right. But when I'm in crisis, right. it's once a week. Right, right, right. But he's a genius. Like, he saved yeah. my life. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, how, how, where are you on the medication? I take a very low dosage of an SSRI. Mm-hmm. So I take 75 milligrams of Effexor. Oh, yeah. Um, getting off that drug. Are you getting off Effexor? Yeah. That's tough. It's rough. Are you, are you ever missed a day? Oh, my God. And been dope sick? Yeah. 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 
I've never, I've actually, there's only one time when I missed a full day and that was when I was on a bender and thought I was just hungover and I didn't. But Effexor doesn't work if you're drinking or does it? Uh, I don't know. Um, no, it works. Who knows? Does it work? I didn't get on it till I was sober. But, like, I took Paxil, and I sure was depressed. Oh, yeah. Well, so I don't take it. So at 150 milligrams, it's used for depression. At uh, 75 milligrams, it's used for anxiety. Okay, okay. So it does work with the anxiety. Interesting. I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but that's because it's a low dose. Like, I mean, I'm still anxious. Yeah. If I want to throw it. myself into a tizzy, there's no problem. It'll right, be there. Right, right. It's you just think like it gives you a pause, kind of. Right. There's a little... I can find a clearer... Uh, place on the dial. Right. It doesn't right, right. always have to be at 10. Right. So right, right. it allows me that. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I'll ever get off it. Well, that's how I feel. Right. It's so, so terrible. Yeah. Um, I'm actually transitioning to another medication. So that's the only way I have, I have periodically, you know, basically it's like things will go well and for a while and I go, oh, you know what? I don't need this. Right. I'm great Look now. At me. And the two, maybe it's been three times I've tried to get off of it. I did, you know, I did that tapering so I wasn't sick, but I got real sad. Oh, yeah. And effects or withdrawal is, you know, the worst. Is the worst. It's, un- it's unlike anything I've ever felt. We are not doctors, but we can tell you anecdotally that that is true. It's the worst. And so. And it's instant. Well, yeah, but the depression took a while to kick in, and it was hard to know, is this withdrawal from Effexor, or is this a natural state? Is this what I would feel like? Yeah, and ultimately, when I got that sad, I didn't care if it was withdrawal or my natural (laughs) state. I wasn't going to feel it anymore. Right, right, right. Yeah. Have you ever had people, sober people, judge that you take antidepressants? Oh, you know, I've never uh, put it out. Yeah, it's, it hasn't come up that much, but it would. I'm not looking for. You know yeah. what? They totally could. Yeah, I mean, um, people are getting so much less ignorant about that. Yeah, but uh, I haven't really ever had like a serious. I'm sure people have, but I haven't even like because it's such a you know. It's like it's like being mad at me for wearing glasses. Right. Right. So yeah, and I mean, Effexor is not addictive, and it's not right. It doesn't change how you feel. It doesn't, it doesn't change high. Right. You're not high off of it. Right. You know. So, no, I haven't, but I know people who are like, but the, to me, those people are, are in the exactly. dark ages. Yeah, yeah totally. that's just crazy. Absolutely. So when someone's like, I stopped drinking, and now I take Zoloft, I'm like, that's fine. Of course. Do that. Medicate. Right. You, right. You, I'm, I have no problem with medicating. Yeah. In a way that is not self-destructive. Right. And ruins your life and everyone else's life. Right. I'm not like a pure, like, that your body has to be unaltered. Right. Right? Right. Because I also believe in penicillin. So it's like, exactly. you know, that's just a dark, that's like... Uh, yeah, I know, and yet these people exist. So what medication are you transitioning to? Um, I am transitioning to Lamictal. So that that's an SSRI. It's, um, it's actually for bipolar. Are you bipolar? Well, we're trying it out. Oh, my God, I've never <laughs> talked about this. Um, you know, basically, you know, because bi- bipolar 2 is yeah. a diagnosis that they're giving a lot now. That's bipolar without from, mania. Yeah. Or psychosis. Yeah, yeah, it's just, well, and then when, when I was talking to my psychiatrist about the symptoms, the first symptom she brought up was uh, overly irritable, 
which has been my biggest problem throughout my life. Interesting. Because, like I can't. Like everybody who's close to me knows this about me. And what does that? What does that mean? Like it for means you? that I go. It doesn't. This medication is really good. It means that I, when I'm irritated, I go. I go straight to rage. Interesting. And I snap. Mm-hmm. And I go cold on people, and I feel it's worse than depression. Right. It's, I mean, anger, there's nothing. But it's but a it's clinical like, level of irritation. And it's it's easy? Like, like it happens too easily? Or it, it happens, happens too constantly, often? Constantly. It's just constant. Yeah. Wow. Happened. And, and so when she told me that, I said, you know, I never, I always felt so guilty, and it's driven so many people away from my life, yeah. that it never occurred to me that this was, quote, unquote, not my fault. Right. This was, I thought it was just that I needed to develop, especially when I would look at my character defects, I right. needed to develop tolerance. Right, right. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I couldn't. And so we, so I've tried this and I'm responding super well. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, do you have like hypomania? Like, do you have, you? but I mean, no. I, just, oh, I don't. Well, because I'll tell you something weird. I'm like, yeah. I can't believe I'm talking about this. <laughs> but, but I experienced mania for the first time in my life, like two weeks ago. <sighs> and I, I had just upped, we're, you know, doing it slowly. I cannot describe how weird this was. And it was one night and I freaked myself out so bad. I mean, I called my psychiatrist the next day, and she's like, look, if it just happened once, we're not going to worry about it. Right. And of course, I Googled like crazy, and, and, and the Lamictal can bring it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's available yeah. online. Yeah. And it was just so weird. Like, I just got so happy yeah. that I frightened myself, and I had to, you know, I don't like sleep. I just put myself to bed at 8 o'clock because I said, oh, that's smart. I don't know what I'm capable of. I didn't want to buy an island. Right, but you were, you were I was going to. No, I, I it was very conscious, and I could sleep, and when you're in a manic episode, you can't sleep. So, oh, okay. So, I don't know. Maybe you just had, like, a serotonin surge. It was unlike anything I had ever experienced in my life so people who have that it was but it was frightening right so okay we've talked way too much about me but um, no that's fascinating, fascinating okay so okay so so you get sober you you never yeah. relapsed you just got sober oh no i well because it has always been like the sex and dude thing yeah i was like oh well that's solved right so i can drink oh interesting right and i could Right. You know, I, I, it's not the type of thing where I can have, I can have just one drink. Right. But what's interesting is that when I have that one drink, then I text that dude. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So there was like a short period of time uh, after about a year and a half where uh, I was like, it, it was just like a, you know, it's, it's a typical like cooking with dinner or like drinking with dinner. Right. And then da da da. And then like the first time... Like, I was feeling really bad, and I was like, oh, I'm going to drink. And then I sent a boyfriend, an ex-boyfriend, a fucking ridiculous model and text message. And I was like, all right, okay, all right, you're right. right. Yeah, like, I'll just, you know, whatever the fucking deal is, it works better when I'm not doing this. Right. So then, so then that starts, so then I recommitted to going to meetings, really did the 12 steps, got a sponsor uh, in a way that I hadn't before. Like right. I was only going to meetings before I didn't have a sponsor. Right. 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 And I was like doing the steps in my own way. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Not and recommended. Not recommended. I mean, also the other thing is like, I'm not, I'm an atheist. Okay. So, you know, it was like, uh, which by the way, I do not feel like is at all in opposition to not being in the program. No. It's very clear. Yeah. Right. It's like whatever your trip is, Yeah. you know, like your higher power can be time. Yeah. You know, but because of that, I felt I was like, well, I, I 
can't do the steps. You wouldn't. You all wouldn't accept me. Right. 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 Or someone's gonna try to convert me. But I'll take everything I can from this program. Right. right. Um. So then I got a sponsor and was like honest about it and like totally cool, whatever, no big. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. I was also very careful about the sponsor I chose. Yeah. She was a super cool chick I saw speak at a meeting. Right. Who also had a crack addiction. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know, I'm always just like, yeah, like yeah, did it. yeah. You, live, you fucking did it. Yeah. So if like you can do it, what the fuck is the matter with me? You know. Right, right, right. Uh, and so that happened like beginning of 2012. Wow, okay, because a lot of your clips about, like, addiction, your Dr. Drew GQ thing, yeah, and it looks like your intervention story were 2010, right? Yeah. So you were writing those stories, so you were fascinated yeah, oh, work-wise. Always fascinated, but yes, work-wise, it was like, I also just, like, people don't write about this in a compelling yeah. way, and just like, and yeah, like, when you talk to Drew, like, right. you know, you can just talk about it, and I also was watching nonstop intervention, right. and it was just like, it's still something to this day that I am completely fascinated with, and right. would love to just write about exclusively. Right. You know, so. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so, you know, it's like, the assignments change, but the, so, yeah, so 2010, right, that's when it's, and then, and then I went out, like, December of 2011 and then came back February right 2012 right. so it's just like a two month right oh let's see what and the drinking never got bad no interesting but all the other shit did yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah I mean that's the thing is the drinking is I wish the drinking was just the issue know. you know yeah. because it's like it'd be so easy it'd be the I, it turns out I can do well, it well but the thing is we wouldn't you wouldn't be willing if the drinking right. was so so right you know the drinking does this like it takes the voice that says like don't do that it's not a good idea and it's like and then it just goes away right right right. so it's like i because i feel so many things yeah you know i constantly have to be like what am i actually feeling what do i actually want to do is what i want to do like worth it blah 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 blah. and like i just know now that like oh yeah if i want to be confused and have no clarity then i'll drink Right, exactly. Yeah, and it won't ruin my life. It probably won't. And the it doesn't drinking make you itself. super depressed. Yeah, so oh, it's, drinking, it's hard to tell because then yeah, you act out. So, also, exactly. Which is positive. Yeah. So, like for instance, like um, during when I started drinking in that period of time, I could go to dinner and have a glass of wine, and I would just get really sleepy because I'm also an effector, and you're really not supposed to drink on it because it makes right. you like it makes you sick. Okay. So. You know, I just get, like, really sleepy. And, then, yeah, it suppressed my mood a little bit. Right. right. But that wasn't where the depression came from. The depression right. was if I had a glass and a half, then right. someone was getting a phone call. Right. Someone was getting a phone call. Or even if someone wasn't getting a phone call, I was going to spend, like, a good two hours on Facebook. Right. Looking at ex-boyfriends and their new babies and their new right. wives. Right. And I'm just going to make myself. I'm just going to be one of those little anorexic girls on Tumblr. Right. You know, I'm just going right. to be one of those cutters. I'm just going to hurt myself. Right. Until I pass out. Right. Right, right. You know? Yeah, I got sober before Facebook and before texting was a big thing. Whoa. No. God. Saved a lot of Jesus. But yeah. I was also doing Coke alone and not really doing anything. And what were you doing when you were on Coke? Like, what would you do? Would you we, go out? Um, it, well, at first. Yeah. And then a couple years into it, no, no. I would stay home and quote unquote write. I worked. Oh, yeah. I revised the script for two years where <laughs> I revised one line that was better when I started. It's the best line ever. Right? Um, <laughs> 
And I would, a lot of times, I, you know, I had uh, subscriptions right, to, like, I was really, I worked at Gossip Magazine, I was really right. into I would read People in Entertainment Weekly and Us Weekly. That sounds like heaven. <laughs> yeah. And just, like, and just, like, look out the window at the neighbors I was sure were spying on me. Absolutely. Chicken smoke. Um, jump if the phone rang. So then when you went to rehab and they said, you, and you're like, I'm not like, oh, yeah. how did, how did you come to that? Well, my counselor, who was amazing, said, uh, well, um, are you willing to believe they might be the same thing, addiction oh. and alcoholism? And I wasn't, I was willing to believe they might be, and I really liked him, so I said yes. Yeah. And, and then I actually went out when I had six months. Yeah. And because I thought, well, they're not the same thing at all. Right. And I drank, um, I had a glass of wine followed by like two bottles of wine followed by four and a half hits of ecstasy. <laughs> and I thought, oh, you know, I've never done ecstasy. Really? What other drugs haven't you done? I have, well, I'll tell you what I have. I've done acid. Mm-hmm. That was in high school. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of acid. Okay, interesting. Ecstasy always freaked me out because people would always say about like, well, one, when it was happening, everyone was like, you can drink so much water, you'll drown. Um, Interesting. But by the time ecstasy became popular, I had already decided that, like, I didn't like being on drugs for that long right. at a time. Right. Because, like, the last time I did acid, I was like, oh, you know what? If this lasted two hours, that'd be dope. But we're, like, on hour six, and I don't want to fucking die. Right. 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 And I remember I just, like sat in a bathtub and just waited and listened to Dave Matthews. And I was just like, just wear off, just wear off. And I was like, I'm not going to give myself a bad trip, but like, I don't really like this to end. Right. So, um, that's also why, like, for a time I liked Blow a lot because I was like, it's over in 20 minutes. Yeah. It's done in 20 minutes. So there's a drawback to that too. Right. Where, where then all of a sudden you're like, I mean, I found that I was like, I'm not high, I'm not high, I'm not high, yeah. anymore, anymore, anymore. Oh my God, it's 6 a.m. Oh my God, it's 6 a.m. I've been doing this all yeah, night. Yeah, exactly. um, so I've never done ecstasy. So because by the time ecstasy became available to me at a high school age, I was like, mm-mm, yeah. like too long. And the mood thing really freaked me out. Oh, the next day, you mean? Yeah, what everyone described just did not sound worth it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't do a ton of it, but I thought, I think the, the mood off, after Coke was much worse. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the other reason why it was that because every time I had done hard drugs, it would take me days to recover. So what people described, and then also I had a friend, the first person I saw do ecstasy was doing like one of these with like the trembling jaw and like the unfocused eyes. And he was generally someone who I found like attractive and cool. And I was like, ugh, you guys are lame. Um, (coughs) So I've never done that. I've never done mushrooms. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah, it, again, it just seems like anytime when someone talks about mood and intensifying feelings. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, fuck that. But like, yeah, you did acid. I was like 14. Right, right. You know, right. and it was like, I was like with my raver friends. Right. So, right. and I did acid for like a discreet time and then I was like, no. Um, but, and same thing with blow. Actually, what's weird about blow is that it completely silences my mind. Like, which probably means yeah. I have ADD or whatever. Exactly. No, right? That's what it does. And it makes me really quiet. It, it did for me after a couple years of doing it. Yeah. I actually couldn't speak. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that would be the type of thing. And also, I never went out and did anything. Yeah. And this is also, by the way, when I was like ages 16 to 19. Right. Right? So it wasn't like, you know, I think I haven't done it since I was 19. Right. Uh, right. Or 20. And I right. think the last time I did was like... Are you like 20? Like... I'm 30. Wow. Yeah. No, because Richard always says just how successful you are for your age and it's true yeah I mean uh, thank you but I'm always like now but it's not as impressive because I'm 30 Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I didn't I didn't really have my first job until I was 30. Yeah, I, I just got my first job now. I know. Yeah. Uh, so exciting. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? Oh, no. Okay. But, yeah, it's so much more but interesting. it's not your first job. You have written for everybody. Yeah, this is my first salary position. Right, right. Um, right. But, yeah, no, so, like... Um, and you know, I've never done, I've never done heroin and I've never done, um, oxy. Right. That wasn't like a low dosage prescribed for dental stuff. Right. You know? Right, right. Um, and. Meth. Did you ever do meth? Never did meth. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, it, like it was, it's all down. I like downers. Yeah. I don't even like smoking weed. I was never yeah, that into smoking yeah. weed. It makes me like itchy. Right. Like itchy of mind. Where right. I'm like, oh, but, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, to me, like, honestly, like, my big hang-up is, like, is dudes, honestly. Right. It's, like, I medicate with people. Right, right, Which right. is, like, awful. But you have found recovery from that without a Absolutely. program. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I, used, I used Alcoholics Anonymous as my program. Yeah. With that. yeah it was yeah, just, yeah. like, the two were so related. Yeah. And it was just, like, at every, it was always a metaphor, like... The cunning, baffling, powerful thing. I was like, that's just sex. That's yeah. sex to me. I would never say I was a sex addict right. because I did not give a shit about the sex. Right. It's intimacy. Right. It's attention. It's validation. It's male attention. It was like, you know, I learned to live without male attention right. for years. Right. And now I have one male's attention and it's really great. Right. And it's that, like, I, I will call it, like, phone is dopamine dispenser, mm-hmm. yes. you know, because the, the high off the text that you want. Oh, my God. And all that. And the thing is that, like, I'm also relentless about it. Like, I will, even if I'm not that into it, I'm like, right. the only way that I'll figure out that I'm not that into this is by taking it to the furthest level it can go. Right. Even if I don't want it. You know what right. I'm saying? Right, right. So, it's like, I have a pure addict. It, this isn't like, I'm codependent. Or right, like, right, I, right. No offense to the coded people. Right. Or like, oh, I'm so hung up on my ex-boyfriend. It right. is with a compulsion. Right. But that you could turn off for a year. That I had to really work yeah. to turn off. Yeah. I mean, I was fighting that. Yeah. All the time. Do you find those addictive tendencies playing out with your boyfriend, though? Like, where you get obsessed with certain things he needs to do right big time yeah I mean yeah but the obsessiveness will also come sometimes from like I will someone sometimes interact with somebody who like I will have a crush on for like a second right and like before I would have been like well whatever like we're all people and right. we'll just talk. But now I'm just like, nope, number out of my phone, no talking. Right. Like, no, I'm not your friend on Facebook. Right. And like, I'm sure other people can like have like flirty crushes that don't right. go anywhere. Right. But like, I destroyed every single relationship by fucking around and right. by cheating and by manipulating. And so, like, that's my abstinence where I'm like, right. nope. Right. Like, to, to the point of being cold right. and bitchy right. or being like, hey, here's the deal. I have a problem and I can't be around that. Right. I don't have male friends. Right, right, so, right. So, and they'll be like, what? And I'm like, no, I'm like, this is dead serious. I have to walk away now. Right, right, right. You know, and I wish it was, le- I wish it was less intense yeah. and I wish it was, yeah. you know. But um, it's just so self-disciplined. That's where the... Well, you yeah. are because you can't be a freelance writer without right. having a tremendous amount of discipline. Right. But it, like, but like I said, it took, it took 28 years. Well, not really. You weren't dating it too. No, that's true. I would, oh, but you know, I did start, I did like 14 right you know so it was just like yeah I basically did not really you know yeah so it was like yeah I mean it took a long time to learn that lesson and I don't I mean and and I'm hyper vigilant about it right you know and so now this is I'm monogamous I'm 
Like, there's no secrets, there's no lies. Right. You know, there's nothing to lie about. Before, with boyfriends, I would compartmentalize. Can't meet these friends, can't do that. It wasn't because I was a drug addict necessarily, but it was because I had, like, all these other dudes. Right. Right? And all these other, like, charges that I would get. Like, erotic charges, sexual charges, romantic charges, all these, all this flirting, all this vibes. And so, I was like, no, you're not invited to that party. Or, um, I'm going to go hang out with this friend where I'm actually hanging out with that friend. There's none of that. Right. It's like, meet my friends. Hang out. Yeah. You know? He's your guy. He's my guy. Yeah. You know? And I want to do it, and I want to share a life with him, and he's sober. So, you know, um, it's real easy. I mean, it's real easy in the sense of, I mean, it's not. It's the hardest thing on the planet. But, but, yeah. It's it's easier than you thought it would be, maybe? It's, yes. It's easier than I thought it would be, and it's so much re- more rewarding. Yeah, Because, like, to me, and this is what people say in AA, right, is that they thought that the suckers and the chumps were the people who showed up on time. Right. Who took on their responsibilities, who were faithful to their partners, like those were the suckers. And I definitely thought that before. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm like, oh, going to bed early, taking care of my dogs, yeah. hanging out with my one boyfriend. Yeah. Like having an, a relationship like where there's like super intimacy and trust, like, right. Right. Like the people who are like out running game. Yeah. To an ecstasy and like whatever. Right. And like right. are not actually the this quote unquote cool, cool kids and getting right. blowjobs from their assistants. It's right. like Right. When you, you're going to hit that wall. I will, but let me ask you something because yeah. I want to know. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I really struggle with with my mm-hmm. sobriety is um, I don't have the rage thing like you do mm-hmm. necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I do have a thing. And because a lot of my, my issues are with relationships. Mm-hmm. where I, When I have a close friend mm-hmm. who is in, by all means, a toxic or destructive or mm-hmm. shitty relationship. Mm-hmm. And we talk about it endlessly. And it's very clear that there's no, it's not going to change anything. Right. That friend is in a toxic relationship? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I drop that friend. Interesting. Interesting. Um, unless there's actual work that that person is doing. Because these are not sober people working programs, or sometimes they are. No, these are not sober people. Right, right, right. It's interesting. I... And their drinking doesn't bother, like, you right. know, they're not drinkers. It's just that, is it a trigger to you that they're doing that? I think it's those trigger to me. I, it, Actually, it and it makes me hugely rageful. Wow. And so there's a part of me that's like, hey, like, be more tolerant. But then there's another part of me where I'm like, you're sick and you're not helping yourself. But you're angry at yourself for having done that for so long. I'm angry at myself and I'm angry at, for abandoning. I feel like I abandoned them, but I'm also angry that, like, I'm we're, we're talking about this constantly yeah. and you're not doing anything. Right, right. You know, like... Oh, and he's making me so upset. I was like, so don't talk to him for weeks. Just say, hey, I'm gonna take a week. Right. I'm gonna do it, and it's like, well, no, I don't think I can do that. Then I'm like, I, I, yeah, I'm done talking about this. Then, yeah, right, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because um, I have had that. I've had that a couple times, but and I did one friend, but she also drove me crazy for a million other reasons. Right. But like my friend since I was 16 was in a relationship for four years. That was like that, and I would get very sick of talking about it. Right. But I also saw it was so beyond her control. Right. So then, what do you do? Well, okay, it was different because she's not in program, but she's so aware of this stuff that she was like, "This is my crack. I can't help." Right. It. Yeah. No, th- right. Yeah. And so, and she ultimately has finally she had to move to a new city to stop it. Right. Um, but it's not my trigger point. Right. So you could be around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but we all have different ones. Yeah, 
you know? And I think it's because, here I am playing armchair psychologist, because you've been so diligent about that. Right. You don't have tolerance for people who can't do that, but they can't help it. Like, we all really right. are doing the best we can, but that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you having that trigger and, and going away, because you can't actually be a good friend to them. Well, so that's my feeling, right? Where it's like, if you knew how angry I yeah. am at you, yeah. and how much I talk shit about you yeah. and your boyfriend, yeah. like... And, and then there's another thing where it's like my my ego thing, where it's like before I got into recovery, a lot of this like sex and manipulation and relationships is control. Right. You know, like I can control people through this. Right. I keep them close to me. And like, you know, also was like very into solving problems of like, right. oh, you went through a breakup? Let, right. me, oh, let me be the one who fixes it, right. takes right. you out, let's talk about it. Right. I'm going to be there in the clutch, you right. know, because right. that made me feel good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I get to be the expert. Right. And now what I feel is like, because this has now happened with like two friends who I thought I was very close to, but I was like, I can't hear about this anymore. Yeah. And I hate you because right. of it, which right. is terrible. Right. Uh, and I even, not. yeah, and I even said like, hey, and I was honest, I was like, I just think that this dude is awful to you. And I, and you tell me that you hate yourself because of it. And we talk about you doing things to right. not, and then you, you double your efforts right. to get closer to him. Right. So I don't even know what to do. And then, her, you know, her answer is like, well, we just won't talk about it. And I was like, no, because right. like my friendships are intimate, right. you know? And it's like, I don't let a lot of people in my life in right now, but I still have that part of me that's like, I want to, I want to eat you up. Right. right you know? Right. So I end up forming yeah, your kind of thing. So now my other thing is also like, you'll be fine without me. You will. Right, right. You know, like, I understand that this hurts and, like, I'm cutting you out. Right. And maybe... My question is, like, do you have to tell them that you're cutting them out? Well, that's a good question. I find that uh, most people uh, get it. Um, I did have a situation where I had somebody who was... I had a very good reason for wanting to cut her out. And yeah. she was actively pursuing me. And, and I decided not to say anything because... We had just recently come into each other's lives. Yeah. Um, I was recently cut by a friend. <gasps> and it was the harshest, weirdest thing because this was like an everyday friend. No, and she just one day stopped responding. Being, yeah. And um and I was so confused and she like would pop up and go, My eating disorder's really bad right now, I'm not talking to anyone. And I was like, Okay, okay. And then finally, after months, I called her. I was like, seriously, what's the deal? Right. And she told me, um, I mean, it, it's so weird because it was totally unfair, but it's, I'm so glad that it's not, we're not friends anymore. And she said that, that um, she had written a story for me for the site and she had driven me crazy. She had never written before. And she, like, literally, I have to post five stories a day. And she drove me so crazy with, like, challenging my edits and, like, all this super unprofessional stuff. And finally, I was like, I cannot take this, okay? Yeah. By the way, pre-lamictal. So I was, like, right. yeah. irritable Raging. and rageful. Yeah. And that scared her so much that she couldn't feel comfortable around me. And I was like, that's insane. Right. But it was insane of me to become friends with somebody like that. Could, right. You know? That's right. And, and I realized once she was gone, how much I had been trying, control, had been trying to make her into this person she was not. Right. And, um, and that she was right to cut me off. The reason may have been wrong. The, the reason she thought was the reason 
was not the reason, but it right. was an unhealthy relationship. Right, it was an unhealthy dynamic. So yeah. I thought that, I mean, her abandonment was, I thought, crazy and that she should have just told me four right. months before. Right. But this was someone I talked to every day and saw constantly. Yeah. So I think it depends on how close the I don't know. I mean, I think it's like, it's one of these things where like... What enrages me about both of these women is their passivity. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, they haven't asked. Right. Oh, okay. And so my thing is, like, my rule with myself is if you ask Yeah. How how close were you to them? Uh, Talking every every day. day. Talking every day. Shit, yeah. Lived in different cities. Right. But talk every single day. Okay. Well, the different cities thing, I think, helps. Yeah. Yeah, no, if we had to be around, like, yeah. I would actually maybe even suck it up, but... Right, right, right. But it's like, I was just recently... Oh, I'm telling you everything. I know, we're yeah. just going and going, and yeah. it's like, oh my god, we're actually... These lucky people, keep going. I <laughs> um, was actually in her city recently. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so... Manhattan. Yes, so it was like, it was a big deal for me not to reach out. Wow, did she know you were there? I don't know, I was very cagey about it on my social media. Yeah, I know. Because I was like, yeah. I don't want... Because, like, the deal is is that, like, I actually love her, and I right. want her to get through this thing, but I can't be that person. Right. And I'm just going to be shitty to her and trying to make yeah. her into this person that she isn't. And if I thought that if I were to say that to her, it would maybe have an effect. But I don't think it will because she's already, you know what I'm saying? But the other thing is I'm just like, you'll, you'll be fine. You're, like, right. no one, if you were really, like, Alone, and I was your only resource, then maybe, but you have other friends. You have other friends who will not have this level of hostility, right. who will not have the background that I have. Right. And you'll be great. And like, we had a really great run together. And like, all of, how, all of. How long were you friends with her? Uh, since. Shit. I met her like right after the DUI. Okay. So yeah. it's not like. Right. And then there's another friend that was like, it's a 16 year friendship that I right. think is, is ending. Right. And that happens, you know? Um, by the way, the friend who was in the toxic relationship, we got in a fight about something totally different, took a year off from talking to each other. Yeah, see, she and I did this before when she was in another relationship that right. I couldn't stomach. Right. And I, I just cut her out right. And uh, for a year and a half, and then she just kind of showed back up. Right. And it's like, well, so then that's another thing. It was like, if someone would have cut me out, yeah, I wouldn't show back up. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. Oh, because this girl said to me, I need more time. And I was like, take the rest of your You're life. You're fucking right. You know, yeah. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah. you showed up again. Right. Okay. Right. And then I was like, and I felt that she had matured. She got out of this thing, you know, and we, and oh God, I haven't really talked about this with anyone. Um, part of the deal when I was doing the celibacy thing, like, she also kind of de facto was as well. Right. So we were really, like, supporting each other in this, like, right. no, like, this dudes are like this. And right. And fuck dudes. And, like, right. fuck shitty dudes. And, like, kind of building our ideology, building our, you know, rules, building right. the, the, the lens with which we viewed the dating world. And then to have all of that built... And that ends with me being in, like, what I think is, like, a very secure, very healthy relationship. But then for her to be with somebody who I would, I want to hurt physically. So it's abandonment, too, then. Because here, you guys were building this thing together. Yeah. And she basically jumped ship. Well, I mean, I think the timing, yeah, she jumped ship. And, And, well, the other issue is that, like, I, because of the, like, 
not being drunk and because of the not, you know, the kind of everything has to come, start slower and be slower and be clearer is um, words and probably because of my profession, words have meaning. Yeah. When I actually do say the things I mean, that's always been a thing in my family. I'm very lucky where I don't come from a particularly like sarcastic family mm-hmm. or glib family. Mm-hmm. Like they're both writers. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I, I don't ever have a memory of my dad saying something or my mom saying something that was like overtly intentionally hurtful. Right. Or anything like that. Right. To each other, to anybody. Like right. it's thought is put into to right. words and meaning. Right. So it's like they evaporated and I'm unclear on right. what was real and I'm unclear on what was said right. to just be right. friendly and have a rapport and right. if I should bring up the things that we said and be like, yeah, but you said this and you're not acting like that. Right. But that's like not like, you know. Well, it doesn't work either. Right. But okay, here's a question. Do you find, you know the Hollywood way, which we all kind of get used to, which is if you don't hear, you didn't get the job. Yeah. With a guy, did you prefer... Okay, so this is the big dilemma. Yeah. You have to say something. I mean, I have not dated in three and a half years now, Mm -hmm. four years almost. But, so maybe now at 30 with some couple years of sobriety, I would maybe... No, I wouldn't. I, I think that if you have touched each other's genitals mm-hmm. in any way, mm-hmm. you owe a, not necessarily a conversation, you owe a message. Mm-hmm. And it could be a lie. Mm-hmm. You can say, hey, you know what? I think you're really terrific, but I started seeing someone else. That's a horrible lie, though. How about I'm not over my ex? That's a much better lie. Because I think I started seeing someone else is hurtful. I mean, the point is that there's like a, an acknowledgement of like, I do owe you something. Right. And whatever it is, right? So, like, what I can't deal with is just, like, I'm just not there right now. That I'm, like, fuck you. Right. But What about silence? Unacceptable. Right. I will set your car on fire. But only if you've slept together. Um, yeah, so that's another interesting thing, which is, like, I've never not slept with someone. Okay, interesting. Right? Yeah. That's part of the thing. Yeah, yeah, Is, yeah. like, uh... I, I think there's only like two people that right. I dated that we didn't sleep with each other right. within the first 48 hours. Right, right. So it's Even always. the guy now? Yeah, immediate. I mean, the first night. Right. But uh, that's also, I mean, in only in my defense, we've known each other for like 15 years. Right. And I'd always had a crush. But yeah, first night, unprotected. Ridiculous. Like, right, I'm, right, it's right. Glad, I'm glad that it worked out. Right. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, there were my survival. Right. Yeah, totally. Right. Totally. Right. So. I think it doesn't have to be an involved conversation. It doesn't even need to be a conversation conversation. But you got to okay. be, be a good dude if, and just say something. If you feel like that, I think you need just an email. You need each of these girls. I think so. I know. I intrinsically don't feel like that. I would uh, so much rather. I had a guy that I was set up on a date with, and he emailed me afterwards to say he felt no spark. And but that's no way. Okay, hold on. Right. Okay, okay. All right. Let's make a distinction here. Yeah. Casual date, yeah. No sex, yeah. Not necessary, yeah. Sex, absolutely. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's the deal. If there was like, if you saw each other naked, right, right, right. If you saw each other's private parts, yeah, yeah. Then private parts. I'm like a fifth grade teacher. Or Howard Stern. <laughs> yeah. Um, you owe. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a two line email. Right, 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 right. 
So I, my opinion is yeah. that you owe those friends that. And I think the shorter, the better. Right. You know, because you don't need to apologize. Right. You, you don't, um, you know, that's like al on stuff. I know. You know? But, it, but just also when you're ready. Right. You know? Um, I do think, because I will tell you, it was so hurtful when this girl did that to me. And it was... Fine. I was really sad for 48 hours after we had that conversation, and then I immediately saw yeah. why it was a good thing. Yeah, I mean, the other... Um, yeah, I mean, the other thing is that, like, this has also been going on for, like, months, so I'm just like... Right, right. You've right. already gotten used to me not being around you. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, okay, but that that girl, yeah. I, had, I had never gotten used to her not being around. I was still like, what the F? You know? I'm just telling you. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, look, obviously, like, I feel guilt about it, and it's something that, like, right. I'm I'm always asking people about, where it's like, how do you end friendships? Like, how do you do right. that? How do you do that? So it's, like, clearly on my mind. The only fear that I have is that, like, so I've always had a really hard time breaking up with boyfriends. Right. I kind of have to, like, um, have another plan that day. Right. Or, like, the way I ended my relationship of five years is, like, I moved out in the middle of the night and left right. it out. Right. Because what happens is because I feel my feelings, yeah. I get overcome by guilt yeah. and pain, and I go, I, nothing feels worse than this. I'm just going to stay. Right. You right. know? Right. And so my fear with oh. opening the, like, or whatever is that, like, it's going to, I'm going to feel too bad about it. I would argue that you feel worse not doing it. Mm. And that an email and not a conversation keeps you much safer. Right. And you have a sponsor to process right. and, a, and a psychiatrist. Yeah, I know, right? Right? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. Because like, other people have been like, it's fine, I'll get the message. And I was like, right, but when anyone's ever done that to me, it hurts me so deeply. Yeah. Because it makes me feel like I'm not worth a two-line email to you. Right, right. You know? And the, yeah, and it's like... Again, with this girl, I had no idea what it was. Like, the fact that it ended up being something that I thought was an insane reason to end a friendship taught me a lot. Right. Because I was making up other stories in my head. Do you have to read the response they give you? Oh, interesting. I don't think so. I think an oh. Al-Anon sponsor would say, would say no. I don't read my unearned royalty uh, emails from my publishers. <laughs> I delete them. I don't want yeah. to see that. Oh, yeah. No, I have no... Right. No, your business. Self-care. Right. Yeah. You know? Okay. Um, okay, that's... That, this has been the most fascinating <laughs> of the podcast because we veered off into... And it, I, 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 I'm sure you guys are still listening, right? But we right. so have to end. Okay. Oh, my God. That was amazing. Okay, you guys. You heard it here first. We still love each other, right? You don't judge me for any of that. How much do you love her? Natasha Vargas Cooper on After Party Pod. See you next time.